Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. And welcome to Habs Unfiltered, episode 373. I'm your host, Blaine Putney, and I'm joined now by my co-hosts, Matt Smith. Good evening. And Treg Wilson. Hello. It is a rare time indeed to get all three of us together. Uh, and that's going to be the case all season long as all three of us are supremely busy with our day jobs and our sporting endeavors of lifting things and flexing. Yeah, Matt's doing really well. <laughs> some of us are competing for a pro card right no it's not no it's not a pro card it's just no i'm competing for a chance to compete for a pro card oh okay well step at a time mm. one rep at a time so if i finish top three i get uh i get qualified for nationals Giggity. And then you get to travel. Woo. Yeah. I'm, I don't think I will. Though. I think I'm going to take a year off and then bulk and then come back for the Atlantics and then do nationals after the Atlantic. Excellent. I bet you're looking forward to eating some real food. Why are we even talking about that? Like, <laughs> I got three weeks to my show on the 30th and then two more weeks to my show in Moncton. So, uh... so after all this is over, what are you eating first? Probably a steak. Okay. I'll go to the keg in Moncton, get a nice big there you go. steak. There you go. Baseball steak with French fries, mayonnaise. All right, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> but until then, no. Yeah. Uh, all right. So for the episode this week, we got a few uh, a few things to talk about. Uh, the prospect tournament, uh, the BioSteel camp that was here in Halifax, uh, Hughes' summer, and you know other odds and ends that'll pop up. Uh, so why don't we just start it off with the rookie camp that's starting up on the 13th of September, which is a Wednesday. Uh, Matt, you put out the list, you retweeted the list of names yep. that are going to be participating. I'd like to why don't you tell us what they are, and then we'll uh, we'll talk about some interesting names in there. Okay, so the uh, Canadians rookie camp is going to begin on Wednesday with the uh, players going to Montreal for their uh, for their medicals. Um, there's going to be 27 players, uh, 15 forwards, nine defensemen, three goaltenders. Um, 17 players are participating were drafted by the Canadians, including three that were selected by the Canadians at the 2023 draft. And of the 27 participants, three were invited on the tryout. So um, when I look at some of the names, I kind of look at it in two different ways. I look at the guys that should stand out just based on their skill levels. And then I look at the guys that have some pro experience, um, mainly guys like Sean Farrell. I look at Jan Mieschak, who just who, who seems to be like the guy's been around forever. 
but he's at another rookie tournament. But I get another guy with pro experience, uh, Xavier Simino, who played for Laval last year, and uh, John Parker Jones, as well as William Trudeau. I'm looking to see, are they going to be guys that can step up and be, say, difference makers of this rookie camp? Or are they just going to kind of blend in? You know, Emil Heineman being another one. I know we're going to get in and talk about him later on when, uh, because I know Treg um, wrote an article regarding him as yeah. one of uh, one of the players to watch this year. Um, but when I when I look at this when I look at this roster, like I'm looking for some of these guys to take like just take the bull by the horns and just go and just go with it. I want to see I want to see someone that's going to really stand out. Um, I know Heinemann's talked a big game. He expects to make the Canadians roster. Messer seems to think that he's going to jump right into the AHL, not have to go back. Uh, Owen Beck had a great season last year, or had a great season last year and had a great camp. Uh, another guy that could surprise. But um, I think a lot of the eyes are going to be on, a lot of guys, a lot of eyes are going to be on uh, David Reinbacher, 100%. They're going to be looking at Reinbacher. Oh, yeah. They're going to be looking at Logan Mayu. And for once, I'm looking towards seeing some of these goaltenders because for the longest time, Montreal has been drafted goaltenders. And they when they when they run these tournaments, it hasn't been anybody that actually belongs to them. But this True. year they've and, got Dobesh and they got Quentin Miller. But they also have a third goaltender that they're inviting to this tournament, Jan Spooner or Spooner or Spunner. Yep. Uh, the Czech goaltender, uh, he plays on the out in the West. Yeah. Um, I'm interested to see how he does because that's someone that did not get drafted again, uh, and is an overager. They could sign him to a deal if they wanted to. Right. So it, it it's really really interesting to see how this works out. Dobish, um, I he's he's clearly got the inside track for the AHL starters role with uh Primo still in the mix up top. Yeah. But he's gonna be he's gonna be platooning with uh with Primo, right? Yeah. Quentin Miller was a backup in Quebec City who's gonna be the starter this year. Correct. So I agree. It'd be yeah. really interesting to see how he does. But Spooner looking... uh, Spoonar, Spunner, I can't <laughs> not sure how to pronounce know, his name. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. But like in a nutshell, uh, I'm looking I'm looking at this roster and I'm looking at someone that's gonna just run with this and as i looked at yeah. um this is a, a great opportunity for somebody to really stand out and last year for me it was arbor jack right he was a killer every time he was on the ice and he brought that he brought that energy right into a main training camp he made the team had a and he had a year with the canadians and now he's a fan favorite not just for you know, and, and and like he's all over the Canadian social media. They're promoting the hell out of this guy, right? I'm looking mm-hmm. for a similar story here. And if I was to be someone that would pick a player that I think that's going to really stand out at this tournament, it's Emil Heidem. Yeah. Yeah, I could, I can see that. Um, for me, though, it's, it's Owen Beck. I think Owen Beck's going to be the one that's really going to stick out like a sore thumb in this group. Uh, you watch a couple of the uh, preseason games he's had already with Peterborough. Uh, he had one in Sudbury just recently, and he, man, he was all over the place. He was flying through from one zone to the next with full control. He, 
he had he had full control of the game and that's what uh, that's a progression that I wanted to see now I don't expect him to stay <laughs> after camp I, I think he's going back to junior but I really really do think that Owen Beck's going to have one hell of a tournament Treg oh okay uh <laughs> the guys uh, I mean everyone you're you're absolutely right Matt everyone's going to be looking at David Reinbacher to see how well he does Everyone's going to look at Logan Mayu to see how well he adjusts to the uh, to semi-pro uh, level. Um, Emil Heinemann is a guy I'm really going to watch, and I'm going to get into him a little bit later when we uh, talk later about it. Um, but I'm going to be looking at Joshua and Sean Farrell only because I think these guys, this is the time for them guys to step up, step it up and show that they belong at least in Laval. You know what I mean? Like they're not just belong in Laval, but top six players in Laval when they get there. Um, I mean, you have guys, like the guys you all mentioned, Jaden Struble, uh, Jared, uh, not Jared, uh, John Parker, all these guys who've already played in Laval. I'm not really going to be looking at those guys because they're going to be in Laval anyway. Regardless, regardless of whether they play bad or play well, the only thing that might happen is if they get too many and they don't play that well, they'll get dropped to the ECH. But I doubt it. I don't see those guys, maybe John Parker Jones, but anyone else, right. I don't really see them. They're there. So I'm not really too concerned about them. A guy that I'm interested to is Ty Smith. Smilinak. Yeah. Picked up with the Sherrod trade. Yeah. And, uh, he uh he he foregoed had the rest of his uh, university he didn't finish his university he's going to come in and play so he's really going to work hard to get that pro contract uh, at least a two-way deal in laval uh when i say two-way deal i mean laval echl not laval montreal yeah. Yeah. and uh so i think he's going to be one of those guys that's really going to go out and give it his all um i think philip massar has something to prove because i don't think people are very high on him and I think that he's a little bit underrated by some people. Uh, he did have a okay season there in Kitchener, but uh, playing one of the, playing one of the worst teams in the league. He that. was correct, and he was still right. a point per point per game player when when he played down there. Uh, but and, and again, playing Owen Beck, I think again I'm going to get into him a little later. But I mean Owen Beck is make or break, so he's either going to be Montreal or the OHL. However. At the end of this season, he's going to be in Laval. And at the end of his OHL oh, yeah. season, he'll be in Laval yeah. uh, or Montreal, depending on where, because it should only be about a handful of games left. But uh, um, so, yeah, so I'm kind of looking at the new guys, uh, like to see where they go, how they play, especially Farrell and Wall. I just want to see, I want to see if they're going to be legit prospects for us, because let's let's be honest. Fans do kind of overhype some prospects, and Montreal fans are no different. Uh, these guys have had success, tremendous success at every level they played at so far. And if they can keep it up, you know, they're diamonds in the rough. Like uh, Joshua was, what, a fifth-round pick? He was fifth-round pick, yeah. He, you know, so I mean. It took a while for him to get going. Like for a guy that was the first overall pick in the Q draft, and it yes. didn't, it just, it didn't, right. It didn't work out with his, with the team that drafted him. But as soon as he, as soon as he moved on and went to Sherbrooke, like it's just, he was a whole new player. And uh, we saw how he was in the world juniors this year, playing with a guy like playing with a guy like Bedard. I'm like, yes, Connor Bedard can do it all. He went number one for a reason. However, mm -hmm. at the, 
he had a very good supporting cast, and one of those guys was Joshua Arwah. Yeah, and Sean Farrell's another fourth round pick. Um, so you're looking at two guys and Jacob Dubs, a fifth round, or what how do you say his name? Dobish? Dobish. Dobish. Uh Jacob Dobish. Friend of the show, a, Jakob Dobish. Uh he's a, a fifth round pick. I mean he's a goalie, so I don't really look at round, you know, for goalies because they usually get picked later anyway. Um but yeah, I there's there's just so many I want to look at. Like, this is the first rookie camp where I'm sitting there going, okay, I got to see this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy, and this guy. Whereas all the others, you're kind of looking at, like, even last year, no one was really paying attention about Jack Eye. No one really, until he started playing. And then you're like, oh, who's this guy? Right. Uh, but, you know, last year, you're looking at, you know, uh, Slavkovsky, and you're looking at Massar, and you're looking at, yeah. you know, these these guys that came into the little draft. Slavkovsky is who everyone was looking at last year. And uh, he was okay, right? And uh, so this year, I think it's going to be exciting this year. I'm excited for this rookie camp this year because I'm excited to see if these people we are hyping are actually going to be the... And I mean, it's just a rookie camp. So again, you got to kind of take it into perspective. Um, But if they can, if Juan Farrell can dominate this rookie camp, then I think they're going to have solid AHL, AHL season. Right. Yeah, and, and that's where they're supposed to be heading to anyway yeah. is uh, the AHL. And Laval's going to have – they're going to have a hard time picking and choosing their full roster, even though they can carry a lot more than just the 23. I think last year they had 32 on their roster until they got – everybody started getting hurt, and they got uh, – they were whittled down to 12. <laughs> <laughs> but – but uh, but this year they got like they got a whole bunch of people coming in new pe- new faces like a, a Jakob Novak who's going to be in this tournament. He's he's a guy who has played pro last year, played the NCAA, did fairly well, um, and he he was drafted by Ottawa five years ago. He's about 23, 24 years old. He's a big kid too. He's six six three, six four, two o five, and he skates really well. So. You bring in that new face they got in the draft and the uh, the trade the three way trade, uh, so their wings are getting a little bit bigger, a little bit faster. That's going to insulate guys like Farrell and Norwa who are going to be coming in as rookies. Uh, but there's there's a on D. That's where things get really really interesting because the Canadians are also invited. Uh, someone named Stanislav Demin. You'd think he's Russian, but in reality he's an American, and he played in the NCAA for several different schools he kept bouncing around trying to find a school that would give him ice time and he finally found it in his final year in merrimack and he he did really well he was a top scoring defenseman on the team he's a he's a big kid as well 62 205 skates really well great first pass highly agile on his edges so that's a kid who's fighting for an ahl contract just like uh is. but in his case he's on the left side of the defense which in the montreal system is pretty stacked so if he does impress in this tournament i would see him more likely in trois than i would in laval it's like uh you're bringing up big guys we talked about the goaltending <laughs> Jan spunner he's 6'3 185 at 19 um yep. 
And if you don't know about it, he played for the Portland Winter Hawks last year. He was their number one goalie, went 17, 7, and 2, uh, nine games in the playoffs. Um, 908 save percentage, which was just okay. Um, it's but junior, so that's it's with junior. a grain of salt, too. Yeah, that's with a grain of salt. Uh, and then he played a little bit in the Czech International, but he comes over from HC Olomac in the uh, Czech League, the under 20 Czech yeah. League, where he was again 22 and 8, 911 save percentage like this 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 kid has something to him he was went undrafted um but he's another guy that could come in now that kevin poolin's retired i think uh jakob dobish has the inside track to laval yeah. uh you can see i could see this guy going to, again another guy who could sign a two-way contract with laval to play in the echl and uh with uh verbetic and then uh um and then go from there uh, I think Verbetic might challenge Dobish for the. Uh, I'm I'm going to put back up in quotations because I think Dobish could actually take the number one job from Primo, especially if Primo is just mediocre like he was last year. Um, but he could. I think Verbetic could challenge it, but I don't think he has what it takes to. And I think Dobish is higher on the uh, pecking order for the Canadians. Uh, to move to the NHL than Verbatic oh, is. Yeah, he definitely is. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think Verbatic, uh, Joe Verbatic hasn't signed with uh, anyone yet. Oh, I thought he, I thought he was still, I thought he signed two years last year to a two year, two way no, contract last year. Okay. Just a one year okay. deal. Okay. Well, a one year well, AHL deal. Well, well, there you go. You got Yan, because I don't know who they have in the ECHL then if they don't have Verbatic, uh, Desjardins. I think that's who was there last year, but I have no idea. Um, so, mate, there you go. And then at the end, Sponer kind of, he's just playing for a contract, really. Um, I think that's what they're looking for, because when they signed yeah. for, uh, for uh he was a 19-year-old goaltender, and he met certain requirements. And I think, I'm pretty sure Jan Spooner fits those same requirements. So if he, if he has a good showing, they could sign him to a two-way AHL deal, and he'd be the starter in uh in Trojbiot, just like Verbatic was. Now Quentin Miller's the interesting one for me because uh really as a backup he didn't really play much. He only played 20 games. He only had one year in yeah. the uh in the queue. Um I mean two eleven goals against average 14 and four but I mean he played with the best team in the in the Quebec League. He did uh, yeah but when so... I when I saw him play live uh, he played a couple of games that I got to see live and he was very, very well positioned. He, he tracked the puck extremely well. He was able to square up to the puck. Well, he, his rebound control was pretty good. Um, you can tell he's a backup and he's not playing a lot because there were some times where his puck handling wasn't all that great. And there were some, some missteps, but all in all, he had a, he, he played really strong hockey this yeah. year. He's going to be a starter. Yeah. Well, he was playing behind William Russo, and William Russo had a, yeah. had a pretty stud season, yeah. right? So, but uh, yeah. Russo's Russo Russo got traded. He's with the Huskies now, so, so because yeah, they wanted to open up for Miller. Yeah, so Miller will be the number one there. Yeah. Yeah. So a good camp for Miller would be a great way to start his season, right? Just to go off that a bit, because we're on goaltenders, yeah. we're talking rookies. People in this year's draft, a lot of people were upset by the fact that Montreal went out and drafted three goaltenders. 
But if you look at Jacob Fowler, to me, I think it's going to be an NHL starter. I think yes. he's going to be the goalie. Him and I want to say Jakob Dovish are going to be the, the goalies of Montreal's future. I, th- um, I think he's going to be what they thought Primo was going to be. Yes. Um, and that Yevgeny uh, Volokin is killing it in the MHO right now to start the season. Like he's, I think, allowed three goals. I know in the preseason, I think in five games, he allowed three goals or something stupid like that. And uh, um, so don't, uh, whether he ever comes over to the NHL, I don't know with all that's going on over there, but uh, um, don't, uh, I think people were too quick to judge the goal, the way they go, they draft. And if you really look at it, their goaltending depth is next to zero. After uh, Montembeau and Allen, and Montembeau's only signed for this year, and Allen's only signed until the end of next year, it's primo. Yeah, it really, <laughs> but, but really, it is, it is, it is really the time for one of these prospects to like be like, look at me. Yeah. Because it, all you it need should to do... be primo, but yeah. I don't think it's going to be. I don't think primo right. is going to be the goalie everyone thought he was going to be. Um, he could be another Montembeau. He could bring him a lot of blossom. Yeah. Um, but I think people got to start looking at Jacob Fowler. Uh, um, Dobish. Dobish, and uh, don't don't sit on this Vol- Vulcan guy. Quentin Miller still, Vulcan, I, yeah. the books the book still out on him because I want to see him play a full season in the queue as the number one before I make mm-hmm. any decisions. But, uh, but he's an interesting kid to follow this year. He was an interesting draft pick based on the fact, yeah, there was just so little. He played twenty games as a backup, uh, you know, so. But he played well, 14 and 4, uh, 9 11 save percentage. So you can't really, you know, can't really complain about that. Well, you can. People will. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> oh, and in the ECHL, you're probably going to see Emmett Crow too. I forgot about him or Croteau. No, he's yeah. in the NCAA. Uh, no. Oh, yeah, he is. Never mind. Forget it. And then they have got that. Stross man fella as well that they signed. Oh, that's right. Yes, they signed right. a, so a veteran Stross well. man. Yeah, yeah. Good call. They should have. They should have drafted that. What was his huge balls? What was his name? Uh, sack me off or whatever his <laughs> name was. He he got picked. He got picked before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, should have been a first overall pick. Should have. That was Matt's call. Yeah. yeah. Chicago lost kid, out on that stud. one. Chicago yeah. lost out on that one. Yeah. <laughs> now, speaking of losing out in Chicago, uh, the BioSteel camp happened uh, here in Halifax, and their uh, it's a questionable pick at number one, uh, Con- uh, Connor Bedard. I mean, ugh, I don't know many fourth, other teams that would have picked him. I mean, fourth liner, on. fourth liner, at best, at fourth best. liner. It's too small in the Hall of Fame. Um, <laughs> too small, <laughs> too small. No, this kid is something. Uh, watching him and uh Connor McDavid teeing each other up for one timers, I, I know it's just a skate around, they're, they're just doing like little pickup, uh, small area games and stuff. But oh my god, those two are just oh, it's like melting your mouth, butter talent, just oh. Oozing everywhere. It was amazing so to watch. Should have went to Edmonton, is what you're saying. Or is McDavid soon going to join Chicago? <gasps> Ooh. 
No, wait, no, he's going to Toronto because he's from there and everybody from Toronto goes back. It's true. Truth. True. Truth. No, but the BioSteel camp was really interesting to watch. There were a lot of really good, uh, really big names that, that were there. And while they were only getting their legs under them and starting to move around, you can really, really see improvement in some of the younger players that were there, such as Baron, perhaps. Justin Barron did look really, really good. Very mobile. It looked like he had a little extra pep in his step. Uh, a little bit more speed coming right off his first step. And his pivot to go to his reverse, didn't. he didn't have that little hop. Like when he, he was going forward and he had to turn to reverse and D up on someone, he would have a little hop and that would slow him down. There was no hop this time. I think Baron. Uh, I think it's his position to lose in the NHL right now. Um, I, I don't think you're going to see a camp like he had last year. Um, no, because he had a very underwhelming. Like you could see why he got sent down to Laval. Like it, 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 it was visible. He made a lot of mental errors, made a lot of, I don't know if it was nerves, but we, we've mentioned this before, Blaine, and you said sometimes it takes him a little bit mentally to get going in his game. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, from what you said, from what you've seen, it seems like he's there. It seems like he's already, does, yeah. you know, he took that in consideration yeah. maybe in the off season. And he, I want to, I want to see that in a game though. I well, don't want to, well, I don't want, I don't want to see that in like a, in like a, a glorified all-star camp. But Matt, right. when he got called up, he he was pretty solid. Like we have to. He, he did. He did. But again, at he's both a, ends but, of the ice. But we've we've discussed this before. He's a slow starter. So if he shows up at camp, or he goes to main camp, and he's a slow starter, and other guys look better than he is, then he goes down to Laval. He's, he's waivers exempt anyway. Again, then you give him the top amount. Well, of yeah, yeah, and, and that's and what I'm saying. Like, right? but I don't think he. I don't think. I don't see that happening with him this year. I think he learned his lesson last year. I think he, you know, not learned his lesson, but I think he he took a lesson out of last year, right? And yeah. and 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 put it towards him. I and I think Montreal is going to have an issue with their defense this year on who's staying. Because and that's a good and, and you know what for some for for some people that's a good it's a good thing. Oh, it's a great there's, thing. Right? There, there's competition there, but it's a great thing and it's not a great thing because you can't sit one of the rookies unless you rotate them on a regular basis. So I can see Chris Weidman being waived to go to the AHL to make room. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, Savard and Matheson are definitely staying. Yeah. Um, Gooley staying. Gooley staying. Harris is probably staying. Yeah. I don't see Jack guy being sent down to the, nope. to the minors. Cause he, especially with the way the, that uh, division has gotten tougher. Right. And then, Kovac, um, and then Kovac Savic was your pretty, probably your most well-rounded defenseman out of the whole thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. So then you add Baron, so now you're up to what eight defensemen, <laughs> and then you still got the new guy and Gustav Lindstrom, and you get Gustav Lindstrom, Chris Weidman. I mean, I think Weidman's done. I think he's going to get waived. Well, um, on on Weidman, uh, I have it on uh, good authority that he is injured at the moment. Yes, and he I will heard not he has start a, the season. I sir, I heard he has a back injury. So uh, yes, yeah, I heard that too. That um, that'll play into the camp if he is out for any. So length of time they won't need to waive anyone but out of the still, names you mentioned there's still eight defensemen so yeah yeah someone someone has to go to laval somebody 
Yep. It'll be someone that is waivers exempt. Yeah. So it's either Baron, Jackeye, Harris, or Gooley. So basically the entire blue line. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah. Yeah. So it's that's really, part of the unless, problem. Unless there's a move to be made. And because uh, I mean, we all know Casey DeSmith is being shopped right now. Um, and I think teams are just waiting to see what their goaltending situation looks like before they make a move. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe a defenseman gets thrown into that uh, mix and might have to. Uh, and just who is it? I don't know. If it's Jack Eye, I'm never being a Habs fan again. So I'm done. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> what a punch in the face that would be. Oh, it's going to hurt my shoulder. Um, No, but I mean, it, it, I think the, the real problem, yes, there's going to be some really good competition come main camp, especially after this rookie tournament. We're going to see which of these rookies or young players are going to be prepared to compete right away. I, I can foresee maybe four or five of them right away stepping into the main camp and causing some really tough decisions. But with the sheer number of rookies and young players that are going to the main camp, I think the fact that some of these guys are waiver exempt is going to play in the fact that they go down because the Canadians don't want to be losing other assets that if they waived, they would lose when they're planning on trading some of these people anyway to get some assets back. Lidstrom, if they waive him, I I think he gets picked up. Oh God. Yeah. Right away. As soon as they leave. Um, But it brings up another interesting thing. If we want to talk about this rookie camp, it's also going to show you not who's ready for the AHL, but let's talk about the elephant in the Montreal Canadiens room, and that's the injuries that they've had over the past two seasons, three seasons, mm. four, five. And well, I mean, they got rid of their trainers, so it's all good now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so you got to look at guys like is Sean Farrell, Josh Wawah, Logan Mayu. Are they all going to be ready to make that jump to the NHL because of injuries? Are they going to be wanting to make them jump to the NHL for the injuries? So, I mean, I, you're going to see Lias Anderson. You're going to see him move up up and down mm-hmm. from Laval if he doesn't get picked up on waivers going up and down. Um, Jared Davidson could be another guy that they use to go up and down. Uh, Riley Kidney's at Heineman. Well, Heineman, uh, Mysak. I think Mysak will probably or Meshack, or whatever you say his name, he could be the guy they use just because he's kind of fallen down in that. And they did kind of mention this offseason. They kind of want to develop properly and not push guys too quickly to where they, they shouldn't be. Um, yeah, that's yeah. when I, that's where I would see them use a guy like Kandata or something. Yeah, yes. Kandata, Meshack, uh I think Heineman is the only guy for me that I think they're willing to bring up to the big club in an injury issue. And again, we'll talk about that a little later. Uh, but like in defense, you got Turgeny, uh, William Trudeau, Jaden Struble, uh, Parker Jones. I think you'll see all those guys maybe just to keep Mayu, depending on how well Mayu does. Now, Court of Francois Bouillon, he's ready for the NHL right now. Uh, so, and Bridge brings up another question. Mayu and David Reinbacker, you want to talk about defensemen. What if they kill it at training camp? And I mean, kill it. Yeah, it's gonna make it. They're gonna make some hard decisions, <laughs> that's for sure. I, I see. Like, hey, let's get into the Reinbacher thing. Yeah, I see him let's still going back to Switzerland, but no matter what he does, 
obviously they'll leave the door open on the off chance that those guys, if they do show up and play as if they're all NHL all-stars ready to go to the hall of fame. Now they'll make the team, but I'm going to be brutally honest. I see that as a 0.1% opportunity for either one at this point yep. oh, for, for my, he needs more time. He, he hasn't does. played more than not. What is it? Almost a hundred games or just over a hundred games in the last three years. Right. That is not enough. It's not. And with uh, Ryan Bacher, give him a year to marinate over in Europe. Let him settle in, pick up a few other aspects to his game because his offensive game is just starting to blossom. So you send him back to some place that he's comfortable, let him work on that part, then bring him back and adjust more to North American style. Because this this whole thing right now is just to give him an idea of what North American style uh, hockey is. I think the question for Ryan Marker coming to this camp will be, is it Laval or is it Colton? And I think it's going to be Colton. I don't think, I think so too. Be, Should be. I don't think it's going to be yeah. that big of a discussion, but say he does kill it in this training camp. Like say Ryan Marker comes out and you're watching like, holy fuck. Like yeah. now I still think it's not the decision of, do we keep him under Montreal? It's going to be the decision. Okay. He's really adjusted. He's really played well over here. Do we want him to go back? You know what I mean? Or do we want him to keep adjusting in North America? I think that's going to be the question. Um, personally, I think it should be Switzerland. I think he should go back there. He says he wants to finish school. Uh, the coach is really good with him. He's really good with the with the system over there. Um, they're high on his offensive side, although a lot of people think he's a defensive defenseman. Um, but the way, if you watch that little video, the way they talked about him was he's a two-way guy. Like he can play offense. Yep. He can run a power play just as good as he can play on the penalty kill. And uh, if that's the case, you're absolutely right. Like let him develop that in a place he's comfortable. Right. And you know that they're less planning on, and you can tell that they're planning on him going back anyway. They're not thinking yes. Laval for him because yeah. if they, if they were, why would they be signing guys like, uh, Brady Keeper. Why would be they be signing guys like Noah uh, Noah Lone? Yeah, like they, these are right-handed defensemen that'll play at the AHL level and eat up a ton of minutes there. And you got Mayu, who's probably going to be added on. So why would you sign that many right-handed demon? I'm just saying, if Reinbacher really kills it here, like you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you, when you see a player, when I say really kill it, you see a rookie really kill it. You're like, holy, he should be on the team. Yeah. You know what but I mean? It needs like, to be, but it needs to be more yeah. than the rookie camp. It needs to be. It needs it, to be, it be the camp, training camp, camp, the main camp, and everything. And everything. Right? Like right. rookie camp to me, I don't care if you kill it on that because if you're not killing it in the yeah. the main if, camp or the yeah. whatever, you, you if he comes and he turns heads, it's going to have to be a discussion. But I do agree that the best thing for him to do is go is finish school and go back home. I don't think that uh, the deadline on deciding on him is the end of the main camp. I think if he is actually doing that well, they'll give him NHL games. Reinbacher? Yeah. Well, and when his season's over in Switzerland, nothing's stopping him from coming over and playing in Montreal. Exactly. And I think that's what's going to happen. I think he's going to finish his year in Switzerland. I believe they're done a month before the NHL, if I'm not mistaken. I think they're... Their playoffs and everything, depending on playoffs, they could be done uh, at the beginning of April or at the beginning of May. Right. So he still can get 10, maybe 15 games in, in, in with the Canadians if he comes over, maybe. Even as four or five. 
Yeah. And I think that's what'll happen. I think that's what's gonna happen with Owen Beck. I think that's what's gonna happen with uh I think Mayu may see more time with injuries and stuff. You might see him depending on how well he plays in the AHL, but uh um yeah. Riley Kidney's a guy we haven't talked about either. I think he's a guy you, you should uh, keep an eye on in this you camp. You can't well. sleep on him. He's you he's can. extremely talented. He's yeah. so so offensively gifted. You can't yeah. really sleep on he's him. A, he's, he's a sneaky good player. He is. The only downside for him, really, is his size. Yeah. So he's Jake Evans. He's going to get a concussion. That's what you're telling us. Well, like I felt bad for him because he's. <laughs> I thought he was going to be a lock to make the junior team, and he came into the. He came in injured. And he only mm. had that one little game, yeah. and mm. and then he yeah. couldn't finish the rest of camp, and that was really that was everything. Like he was he was done after that. So, but then he and got traded. He then he but then he got traded to Gatno and got and absolutely lit it up. So, oh yeah. Now, uh, kidney has put on some weight this summer. Uh, last year, I think he was like a hundred and seventy something pounds. He's he looks like he's a little bit more than six foot now. Uh, I think he might be almost six one, somewhere in there, like six and a half to six one, and it looks like he's put on a good five to ten pounds. So that's that bodes well for him this season. Um, just watching him in in, in his uh, his training sessions out here, um, he he looked a lot bigger. He looked a lot faster. Then again, it could just be that he was playing in the smaller rink and it just seemed that way. But at the same time, like you mentioned, Matt, this kid killed it in Gatineau. He absolutely won. 22 points in 13 games in the playoffs. In the playoffs, that's when, you know, the physicality ratchets up. And even in the queue. They put up 65 points. Gonna... 65 points yeah. in 29 games, yeah. When so, he got to Gatineau, yeah. He's someone you can't sleep on either. And... At the very at the very worst, he's going to be in Laval. Yeah. Yep. So what you're saying is we're going to be an offensive juggernaut in like. Two <laughs> yeah, you well, know what? It, it, it's it's the rookie camp should be a good point to see, is we, we we look at the competitions that are already going to be within the Canadians, and then I think this rookie camp is going to be a nice uh, measuring stick to see is this competition going to add more competitors to it? Right. Are we going to, are we going to see some of these guys jump up into it? Because right now, like you look at the Canadians roster. Yes. There's guys that definitely have locked positions. There's some guys that have locked positions just because they're veteran players. However, where they slot in the lineup, there's a lot of openings. It's like, who's going to play on the top line with Suzuki and Caulfield. Who's going to play on the wing with doc. Who's going to round out the third line? Who's going to round out the fourth line? Is there a defenseman that can knock one of these guys out, right? Like there's there's a lot of what ifs. And if one of these guys from this rookie tournament can can do that, I'm not I'm not going to even name, I'm not even going to, I will add Reinbacher to that. But with the discussion we had, I still think that he's probably going to go back to Europe. But if we see a Joshua Wah, we see uh, Owen Beck, et cetera, it might knock one of those guys out of the lineup. And I think that it's going to be a great hockey to watch. And this is the good but bad situation Montreal's in is they don't have any room for anyone to get knocked out. Yeah. Well, <laughs> they already, I, I, they already I, need to find room for either Slavkowski or Harvey Pernard. Yeah. And, I, know, I, like, and then you've got Heineman, you got Yelonen, et cetera, right? I've said this many times for the for many, many, many years. 
it's been let's stock the shelves with prospects let's stock the shelves with prospects and then it's like you've are. got you've got everybody sitting on the shelf and it's time for these guys to go at it and and to have this competition and either you have it or you don't it's they're going to have to start picking the guys that they think they're going to they're, that are going to be NHLers and that are going to contribute on this team and there's going to be some good players that are in there that aren't going to make it and those are the guys you need to be like, let's package this guy with something. When the team starts to ramp up their competitiveness within their own division to make that next step to get someone that's going to help them. Because you can you can say all you want and you can say, look at all my shiny prospects. Look at everything that they've done in the queue or the OHL or in Europe or anything like that. Well, if they never end up doing anything for your NHL franchise or turn, you can't turn them into anything. They were just another good. They were just another good junior player. But well, this Matt. is where they're getting to the development side. They're, they're going to have to. They, yeah, they're not going to have superstars. You're right. They're not. But the depth of the prospect pool is immense. They've got a bunch of players that could be second, third liner, second, third liner, second, third liner, uh, number two, number three D man. You know, yeah. like they're they've got at least thirty guys that you can list off the top of your head that could fit some kind of NHL role. Now it's up to the development team to actually get some of these guys there. And like you said, Matt, use the rest to help fill in the, the, the openings on the, on the, on the NHL yeah. roster, but with trades. Yeah. It's the Canadians. The Canadians have done well so far. And I'm not going to say necessarily poaching the talent that's dropped off from other teams, but They've been strategic with the guys that they've picked up in Newhook, in Dock, et cetera, right? Um, but the thing is, like, if we can see some of those players that on their side of it say, you know, this guy's gonna be a good player, but is he gonna be is he gonna be this for us? Maybe we can dangle him to another team and it's gonna turn into this player for them. And we be you know, and and make that profit. Or at least convince that other team that he could be that player. Yes. Yes. But the thing with Montreal, and I the only reason that I bring up the superstars is because I'm kind of mocking some people that go on, yeah, we got all these prospects, but none are superstars. Yes, it's good to have a superstar in your team. I, I'm sorry, but I'm going to mention one, Cole Caulfield. Um, however, if you don't have depth, I'm talking to you, the Edmonton Oilers and Toronto Maple Leafs, you're not winning. You're you're not you're not winning. You know what I mean? Like superstars in Toronto didn't win. Superstars in Edmonton haven't won, right? Tampa Bay superstars won. Why did they win? Because they had depth. They had held, second, held a lot of it. Second, third, and fourth liners that could step up and do what they needed to do, right? Yep. Um, Vegas had depth all through their lineup. That's why they won the Stanley Cup. Montreal has a shit ton of depth. And when you sit there and say they have no superstars, I think Cole Caulfield is going to be a superstar. I think Lane Hudson has potential to become a superstar. Um, True. Nick Suzuki, yep. you know Nick Suzuki I mean? he keeps taking the steps. Nick Suzuki. I, I think Nick Reinbacher. Like, I'm, oh, yeah, I know. He's not He's not Mitch, Giff, uh, Mitch Goff. And we're, they're going to compare them. But how do you compare an offensive player with a defensive player? And, and, and let me bring this up. All right, so Mitchkoff scores 100 points, okay? We all know Mitchkoff's terrible at defense. He's the Phil Kessel of the KHL. 
if he ever plays, right? So he gets his 100 points, but he's also on the ice of a, he has a GF of 120 and a GA of 100, right? So he's a plus 20, okay? And and the GFX, I guess. I'm doing this quick math on this analytic bullshit. Um, it's probably not correct. Someone will say, you're an idiot. But uh, <laughs> I but test. Then you, I but, test. If, <laughs> but if you look at Reinbacher, so say he's on for... 80 goals for, you know, and 60 goals against. He's also a 20. You know what I mean? Like, if you narrow it down, they were on the ice. They both helped their team gain 20 goals. But did he Michigan jump any of on those that. goals? Did he Michigan any of yeah. those goals, though? But to jump on that point, um, <laughs> yeah, like, like the numbers you used, you said uh, – a hundred goals against for Mitchkov and sixty goals against for Reinbacher. And if you if you follow that, yeah, he's not as offensively gifted, clearly, but he's on the ice much more because he's right. going to be a, as a defenseman. He has more ice time, so if he's on the ice twice as much as Mitchkov, which is a very high possibility, um, and he lets in half as many goals but provides nearly as many goals. He, the, the impact that he brings to the team is enormously outstripped over Mitchkov. Or Mitchkov's going to look good. He's going to look fancy. He's going to get the hundred oh, points. Yeah. I was going to say, Oh, look at him. But in the end, is the team that much better because he scored his hundred points or, or what? Like, and I'm not saying plus minus, I'm not look. Cause I think plus minus is a terrible stat. I'm talking about actual XGF, I guess, is what I'm talking about when you really break it down, right? Um, that's only the only way you compare an offensive guy with a defensive guy because you can't compare them. Reinbacher's not going to score 100 points. <laughs> Sorry, but he's not. But but if he Maybe. prevents the, if he prevents 100 goals from going in, isn't that the same thing? If if he's on the ice and he's on the ice and the reason he's on the ice is because those other and those those other teams don't score because he's the reason on the ice, it's kind of the same thing. Right? You can't win a game if you get scored on. Right? Score I don't more know. than the other I, guy. I mean, at least Reinbacher's gonna be able to play this year. I don't know about Mitchkov. Well, every team needs a star type player, someone that gets you out they of do. your seats. But the Canadians already have an NHL version of Mitchkov in Caulfield. Caulfield. And he can skate. And do you really want to and do you really want a five foot eight and a five foot nine winger on a line? No. Well, I don't know. Koivu, Bure, and Petrov were a pretty solid line. I don't think what happened in the playoffs that year. I said they were a solid line. I they skated under everybody. Little bridge. But you're absolutely right. And like people don't look at that either. Like you have Caulfield there who's 5'8. You have Suzuki who's what, 5'11, 5'10? Yeah, so you bring Mitchkoff. You, you bring Mitchkov in who's also 5'8. And I'm not knocking Mitchkov. Like he has talent. Uh, there's no oh, yeah. two words about it. He's an offensive dynamo. Um but he's not that words. great. He's not that great of a skater, right? 
he, he's just an average skater yeah. and he's terrible on defense and in his own end. I don't think he knows where it is. So when he gets to the NHL, if you're five, eight and you're not a very good skater, you know, what's going to happen to you. You're going to get fucking rocked. That's what's going to happen to you. Tom Wilson's going to take you out. Whether you're skating or not. And, you know, good for Philly. I think they got a great player. I think Mishkov's going to do well. I think the whole thing, what's going on with him in Russia now, the reason a lot of teams didn't want to didn't want to draft him, right? Um, SKA has a terrible coach. He only got there because he knew people. Um, but you want to go on about rookies, Demidov's playing. He's played every game but one, right? He even played 13 minutes in his last game. Um, and then again, he never said, he never come out publicly and said, when I get drafted, I'm going to play in the NHL either. So that's, a. but yeah, that, that kind of points to the whole development team, NHL development teams have no say whatsoever in the case. If there was a say, I would think that Mitchkov would have gone much higher. I think he could have went first or second yeah. if they could. A, if he could come right over the North America, if he didn't have a contract mm-hmm. with the KHL, and B, if he wasn't in the KHL. True. I mean, I'm not the word. He just would have went higher. Now, uh, we're at the point of the show where I normally ask if anyone has any final thoughts, but uh, fuck both of you. You're not doing any dad jokes. <laughs> the show's over. We're leaving now. Done deal. So we're not talking about the thing I kept saying I'll talk about later. <laughs> okay, what what which was the Canadians that could the steal spot on the roster? I guess we could. Oh, you should have just thrown a dad joke in there just to fuck with them. I mean <laughs> putting your car in reverse does make you nostalgic. It takes you back. So I'll go over it quickly. Three guys that we were just talking about that could make the Canadians out of this camp if they kill it. Owen Beck, Emil Heinemann, and David Reinbacher. Now we already established Dave Reinbacher is probably going to go back to the Swiss League no matter what. Owen Beck has two choices, CHL or Montreal. But if Owen Beck and in his one game in Montreal played pretty solidly, if he can play a whole camp like he did that one game, he has a chance to make, especially with the injury to Dvorak. He has at least get the nine games in. Um, Heineman, I think Heineman could. I think Heineman could actually steal a spot and make the team right out of camp if he plays like he did when he was in the HL last year. I think he's almost. Now I want to say a sure thing, but if you, anyone's going to steal a spot, it's going to be him. Anyway, that's all I got to say. If he comes in and plays the way that he did when he came back to like when he went came over from Sweden and jumped in Laval, absolutely. Yeah. The guy was absolutely on fire. Mm-hmm. Uh, he scored seven goals and I think the 10, 11 games that he played. So and he and he seems to be talking with a lot of confidence, which is what you want to see from your young players. And for me, I think he's a, a better offensive Lekkonen. I think he plays a solid two-way game and he just he knows how to hit the net, unlike like yeah. did when he was in Montreal. Then he goes yeah. to on his shot is his shot is a laser beam. Yeah. Oh, it's incredible. Yeah. For me, incredible. I want to see like I want to see the guys that make the team stay on the team. I want I want to see 
um, some health to this team because other than Nick Suzuki, who played all 82 games, um, the only other player that played over 70 games was Kovacevic. Besides Suzuki. Yeah, that's right. But nobody else played over 70 games. So... Those new, tra- those new trainers, trainers. Those new trainers. They're gonna be got. They're gonna be miracle workers. Wouldn't they? Wouldn't that be something though? If they like went to like the opposite and was like the least amount of injuries in the NHL because <laughs> just because of two new trainers, yeah. I'd be like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> those old <laughs> trainers would be like, are you shitting me? <laughs> really? It's everybody, everybody skating with icy hot. <laughs> <laughs> Mario, we really got to make sure these guys stay on the ice. <laughs> Our job really depends on. Yeah. <laughs> he broke his foot. No, he didn't. His foot is locked. <laughs> anyway, Matt, you're on mute. You're on mute, Blaine. Okay. Well, I didn't want to tell him dad jokes. So I was trying to avoid that. <laughs> but on on, on Beck. Um, I do think he's going to go back to the CHL and I think it's going to make a huge difference for him. You look at what happened with Suzuki when he went back for a second year. Now, I don't think Beck is going to stay with Peterborough for the whole season, but at the very least we're going to see his game evolve a little bit more because the offensive side of the game is just starting to come for him. Yeah, I think, uh, but I'm just saying, I think Owen Beck were, he could get his nine games in Montreal. Like I say, there's an area of Dvorak. They could yeah. put him in there yeah. and say, hey, let's see what you can do. And then go to the OHL. He's going to be one of those guys I think you see at the end of the season uh, playing in Montreal. Same with Reinbacher. I think you're going to see him at the end of the season. Yeah. Um, a lot of people were calling Owen Beck a, a poor man Shane Wright. Yeah. Well, right. And so, and, and, and right now, Beck is. Kind of started to. So here's my question though about Shane Wright, especially with this whole thing about him mightn't be able to get a waiver or exemption to play in the AHL. How does that work? Because he was an an uh, one of those elite players. What what's uh, I forget the term. Player status. Yes, exempt uh, the exemption that he got. Yeah, because yeah, so he was eligible to play the OHL for his four years already. Yeah, which is the norm. So yeah, they, they could probably he got, in, he got in early. Yeah, but he okay. but he, yeah. the thing is yeah. he didn't play because no, he played he played the one season and then COVID oh. hit, right? So he only actually played two seasons with the Prontnets. But doesn't mm-hmm. he have to be twenty to uh, play in? Yeah, yeah that's show. why they're they're if they were to do it, they'd have to put in a waiver for it, right? And, and I think tw- that would yeah. be their excuse. Yeah, I and he's not twenty until up. January. I think that opens up a lot of holes, though. Of course it does. Where a lot of teams like Montreal could say, well, we got Owen Beck here. You know what I mean? He got nothing more to learn in the OHL. We want him in the AHL. He's 19. You know what I mean? We're we're wasting away. I think that whole rule is stupid anyway. But if you're you're a European player, you can jump right in. Right. I I think if you're ready to move up, you're ready to move up. And you should allow them to move up, personally. I understand. CHL teams. I understand why the OHL did it because they don't want as soon as a guy gets drafted at 18 and he's good enough, the team's like, all right, you're going to play for Laval. You know what I mean? But uh, I get it. So, like, but it's also, it needs to be revamped, I think. 
Still here. No argument here. All right. So for real now, end of the show. Final thoughts. Uh, Matt, you're going to be the only one allowed. <laughs> I told you I got a joke too. So <laughs> then, uh, never mind. I'm going to be the no. only one allowed. So I got uh, I got three things and a joke actually. So a uh, friend of the show, Mike Camito. Um, he always tweets out uh, the on this day. Uh, so on this day, as we record, uh, five years ago today, the Montreal Canadiens acquired Nick Suzuki, Thomas Tatar, and second round pick for Max Pacioretty. Um, also on this day in 2014, Saku Koivu announced his retirement from the NHL after 18 seasons playing with the Canadians and the Ducks. And something not hockey related. Uh, everyone knows I'm a big UFC fan. So. Uh, shout out to Sean Strickland for winning the middleweight title. And on the Canadian side, uh, congratulations to George St. Pierre, who is uh, named to the Canadian uh, Sports Hall of Fame. And I will, I'll do my joke. I'll do my joke now if you want, because it's, it's pretty, pretty fantastic. Please don't. Oh, it was so, so go ahead. Okay. So did you know that it was illegal in Hawaii to laugh too loud? I never knew that when I was there, but uh, apparently it has to be aloha. Boo. What do you call a sleeping bull? A bulldozer. Okay, Matt, I'm going to give you a thumbs up for yours because that one's so bad. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> you got something other than a dad joke? I do. I want to say uh, congratulations to my good buddy, Rowan Humble, who got his IFBB pro card. Um, I've been working in this gym, working with him in the gym, not with him, but he's one of the guys that go to, I go to my gym and he's been working really hard at this. He's, he's been at it for years trying to get his pro card. So congrats to him. I don't know if he listens to the show, but congrats to you, Rowan, for getting your pro card. Uh, other than that, uh, if you're in Nova Scotia and you want to go see a good bodybuilding show, the Nova Scotia Open is on September 30th at the Spats Theater in Halifax. And if you want to go see the Flex Lewis show, it's in Moncton at the, I forget what they call it, but it's someplace in Moncton. <laughs> the, I don't know what it's called. It's the same place last year, but I can't remember the name. And All right. And for me, um, I want to let everybody know that the Invictus games are ongoing as we speak. They opened up today, the 9th of September, and they go until the 16th. And they're being held in Dusseldorf, Germany. Uh, so go check out uh, the Invictus games page for the for Team Canada. Give Canada their uh, your support. These are retired. Some of them are even serving. Uh, cap veterans who have some sort of disability or mental handicap uh, from their service and it's it, it's a it's an important type of game it, it's bringing soldiers sailors airmen personnel um, a way to find that team spirit that they had with when they were at the forces so the ones that are now retired and out um, it, it brings that, it gives them that little bit of hope that they had that little bit of family feel that they had when they were in and it helps with their mental health. And there's, there's so many things that this Invictus games does help with. So go and check that out, give them your support. Um, and if you're looking for a, uh, charity to donate to, to help veterans, Veterans Canada 
is an excellent place to go. Vets Canada. You can find them online, vetscanada.ca or at Vets Canada on any of the social media platforms. Uh, I've been working with this group now for years and they're amazing in helping to raise awareness and help get people off the streets. We look for um, veterans who are homeless and help them get out of that situation and back into regular society with whatever help they need. And these people do it behind the scenes, in the shadows. They don't care if they're known. They just want to help these people. So if you're looking for a charity, that's the charity that I would give to. So on that, uh, that's that does it for this episode of Habs Unfiltered. I want to thank everyone who has listened and stuck with us all these years and has followed us to the end of the show, despite the horrible dad jokes. Like just, just painfully bad dad jokes, especially the Hawaiian one. People are still laughing at that. I know they are. <laughs> it's cute. you couldn't even get an you, it. No, never mind. I'm not going to say it. It's too mean. Uh, but no, I want to thank everyone for listening and tuning in and continuing to to interact with us online. Uh, send us your your questions, your comments via email on YouTube, um, social media, anywhere. Habs unfiltered. You can find us there. Uh, I want to thank you for doing all that. And remember, if you are talking about it, so are we. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people, he, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all had. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know? And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast, heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from jeffwoodsradio.com. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Crier Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network.